You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Well, I think we're close enough to say uh, Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays. I hope everybody out there that's watching in Western New York has been able to stay safe over the last 24 to 36 hours as uh, we've kind of underwent this crazy blizzard that has basically kept us all in our houses uh, Mm. over the last 36 hours. Uh, I I mentioned on the podcast the other day, I didn't go to Chicago. Um, and in hindsight, uh, being 2020, uh, looked like it was a good decision because it doesn't look like anybody's coming back to Buffalo anytime soon. The Bills, fresh off a 35 to 13 win over the Chicago Bears, uh, are staying in Chicago one more night. Uh, Sean McDermott said they're going to fly to Rochester tomorrow with hopes of trying to then drive uh, back to Orchard Park after that. So a little bit of a delay, probably getting home about 18 hours after. Uh, when they usually would have gotten it, uh, uh, gotten back. But it's a Bills win. We have to talk about it. He's Ryan Talbot. I'm Matt Perino. This is the Buffalo Bills uh, Shout Football Podcast brought to you by Tops Friendly Markets. You can enter for a chance to win $1 million right now. Each week, Kings Hawaiian is pitting two cities' sliders against each other. And there's some confusion in this. Basically, a bunch of different cities are going to you know, concoct their best possible slider, mini mini cheeseburger. And they're going to go one-on-one in the ultimate showdown, and you get to help decide the winner. Vote weekly for your favorite regional slider for a chance to win all season long and earn entries for the $1 million prize. Explore Interactive Stadium to play games, get recipes, share photos, and more. Visit topsmarkets.com slash redzone to enter. What's up, Ryan? Hey, not too much. Yeah, you said it well here early, Matt. Hope everyone in Western New York is doing okay. Uh, obviously, some areas have been hit really hard here. I saw a lot of people posting about a lack of heat overnight, uh, snow coming in through the house or into their entryways. Uh, it's just been that once-in-a-generation storm that they were calling it. It's lived up to the bill. So uh, thoughts are out there with everyone here on Christmas Eve. I hope everyone that's watching has a great Christmas. Indeed. And uh, out uh, at Soldier Field uh, earlier today, uh, it wasn't the, you know, the snow that I think people were talking about, uh, you know, a few days ago as the as the storm was kind of being predicted. But it was the cold conditions. And, you know, Josh Allen talked about it after the game. Uh, It was it wasn't so much that, you know, the cold was the biggest factor. It was the wind and then the gusts of wind. So it's kind of like judging all right, it's windy out here, you know, with swirling 15 to 20 miles per hour, but then those big powerful gusts come in and completely, you know, could impact a lot of passes. So it almost, I almost got the sense that Josh Allen, I think that's probably where we'll start here. You know, when you get to the run game, 
We're going to get to a couple players on defense. Uh, we're going to get to a lot of different things over the course uh, of the show. But, you know, he talked about the two interceptions specifically, you know, and he had gone now, you know, I think three or four odd games without throwing an interse interception. Two in this game, the one in the, fir in the first half was like, just bad decision, Josh. Like, it, you know, he's thrown into double coverage. I get he probably didn't see Kyler Gordon underneath. who was able to kind of, you know, sneak back and, and speed up and pick off the ball. But it was just a bad decision. It wasn't, you know, one it, when he had uh, check downs available to him. It was one of those ones that he wanted back. The second one, he actually kind of pinned that one a little bit on the conditions and the win situation. And, you know, any way you want to slice it, three turnovers for the Bills, you know, a sloppy game despite maybe – the positive outcome, the score, and obviously we'll get to the run game in a minute. Yeah, it wasn't Allen's best day. I know he had three total touchdowns, uh, two with his arm, one with his legs, but those interceptions kind of told a big part of the game where throwing a double coverage, uh, missing James Cook on the second interception, kind of just lofting it uh, for an easy interception. They're, they avoided disaster on a snap that he fumbled at the one-yard line that he recovered. But there was just a lot of inaccurate balls in this game rolling out, throwing down the sidelines uh, to Isaiah McKenzie were really no chance on that. There was a throw across his body that should have been intercepted. Should have had, probably had three interceptions on the day, but he got away with that one falling to the ground. It's the decision-making that, that at times Josh tries to do too much, and this was a game where you know I don't think he had to, to play superhero. You said it. We're going to talk about the running game here in a minute. From the start of the game to the end, that run game was working, but for whatever reason, the Bills still tried to go a little bit uh, too much to the pass for my liking at times in this game, Matt. Yeah, and it's one of those things, too, where I think that there was a little bit of pressure applied by the Bears in the first half and, and a couple of miscues for the Bills that maybe force-fed that approach from Allen. I feel like whenever they get down in a game, you get the sense that he tries to take it over a little bit more, make more plays, put more on his shoulder. Maybe there was a little bit of that going on. And, you know, Justin Fields comes out and orchestrates a really nice opening drive touchdown. They get the extra point. Then the Bills get it back. They go right down and score a touchdown, but they miss the extra point. Then the Bears make a field goal. The, Be the Bills miss a field goal. So, you know, if you're Josh Allen, you're probably sitting back thinking, okay, it's going to be one of those kinds of games where we're going to have to score points. You know, the, the Bears offense looked really good early on, but this Bills defense absolutely clamped down, shut them down closer to the end of the first half and then into the second half. It was there was just no there was no operating for this Chicago Bears offense that, that found any type of success, especially in the second half. And I thought like early on it was it was setting up to be a nice little game for the Bears without all of these weapons for Justin Fields. And then you take a look at his end of the game stat line. You know, he finished with seven carries for 11 yards, which I don't have it up in front of me, but that has, has to be one of the worst rushing games of the season for him. 1.6 per carry. He entered this game, Ryan, averaging seven yards per carry this season. 15 of 23, 119 yards, a touchdown. No interceptions, with his, which is good, but just not enough plays in the passing game to um, keep up with, uh, with the Bills running it. Yeah, you know, the first drive that the Bears had, obviously that's a scripted drive, scripted plays, and they they executed it well. Bill's tackling was poor. Uh, Fields uses the athleticism to make some plays with his arm and legs. But after that series, and yes, they did the field goal drive as well. Buffalo did. They, they shut it down. Uh, the defensive line, I thought, was great today. And, and it makes sense. We talked about two guards for the Bears being out of action. So it's no surprise that Ed Oliver was a dominant force for the team today. 
AJ Epinesa gets a sack. Uh, you had almost, it felt like almost every defensive lineman had at least one tackle for loss in this game. They were just all over the field, stopping the run, stopping Justin Fields. And then kudos to Matt Milano, Tremaine Edmonds, uh, the way the Bills spied Justin Fields. Like you mentioned, 11 yards rushing after this guy has uh, taken the league by storm, 1,000 yards on the ground this season. And, and the Bills just absolutely shut him down. And in doing so, it, it really did help stall out that Bears offense. Um, a lot of, uh, people watching on YouTube right now. Thank you so much for spending your Christmas Eve. And, and this is officially Christmas Eve. Cause I feel like Christmas Eve is like nighttime. Right. So when the bills kicked off at one o'clock today, 12 local time in Chicago, it wasn't really Christmas Eve yet. Right. Although we'll call the whole day Christmas Eve. I don't know where you stand on that. Yeah, no, I, all day I say Christmas Eve, but you know, it's right. the day before Christmas. So I get where you're coming from. It feels more real when you're putting out the milk and cookies at night. But uh, Christmas Eve to me is the day before Christmas. Do you put out um, anything else? Like do you put out carrots like oh, for the course. reindeer? Carrots for the reindeer. Yes. Yeah. You do. And what oh, do yeah. you do? You use the long ones that have the little uh, shrubbery situation at the end, or is it just like organic baby carrots? Like, We're just going uh, baby carrots here. We're just going. All here. right. We've evolved a little bit. See, That's I'd right. like one of those old school longer um you know well, i'm trying to think of who used to eat the uh you know from rabbit from winnie the pooh you'd, you'd grow the big the big oh carrots. i thought you're talking about bugs bunny at first but okay the rabbit from winnie the pooh too no that works no you go baby carrots that's uh, that's acceptable uh, we don't put any carrots so um it is what it is i guess um all right let's get to this run game here uh it, it absolutely exploded just like uh, i wrote in the headline here uh, 12 carries for 106 yards for Devin Singletary, 11 for 99 for James Cook, who finished with 99 rushing yards, one shy of 100. Singletary is the first Bills running back all season and the first Bills running back in 15 regular season games to go over 100 rushing yards in a game. And this has been something that, you know, has just been, you know, that not something that's not talked about very much, right? Because it's not really in the cards for Bills running back backs in this offense with Josh Allen to have a lot of success in a game on the ground. Two guys do it today and they stuck with it and they went in the second half to talk about, you know, what took so long, especially against this bears defense, but what were your impressions of how they were able to run the ball today? Yeah, I was beyond impressed. And you, you, you go back and you look and you're without Mitch Morse and uh, you have Greg Van Rowan out there at first, you lose Ryan Bates for a little bit. He comes back in mind you, but even with some reserves out there, they were blocking extremely well in the run game, opening up lanes for James Cook and Devin Singletary. And, and you know, on that last play, obviously it was a touchdown pass to Dawson Knox, uh, but I'm sure there's a lot of Bills fans hoping that Cook would get that opportunity to go over 100 yards on the day, get that one extra yard. But they were both phenomenal. Uh, they, they had some catches each, and to Singletary's credit, he, is, he went over 1,000 yards from scrimmage today. So he has mm. had quietly and under the radar really strong final season here uh, under contract with the Bills. So set to hit free agency. It's a, it's a very deep running back market. There's a pretty good running back class in this year's draft, so I'm not ruling out a return to Buffalo. But, you know, he, he's putting his best work here together and in, in his, what could be his final season in Buffalo. If I'm the... If I'm Devin Singletary's representatives, I mean, when when you get to March, when you start taking calls with teams, 
the thing that I'm I'm going back to is that look at what this guy has done in this offense where he's never been featured. He's never had a reliable, consistent role. They've drafted guys. They've signed guys. He's always like, you know, part of this like two, three-headed monster in the backfield. Selling teams potentially on what he could be as a as a true featured back in an offense. Like imagine Singletary in like the Atlanta Falcons offense where he's the number one guy in this, that offense. He's going to get 300 to 350 carries. Now, the one question mark, if you're a team on the other end, is will he be able to hold up from a physical standpoint? He's a smaller runner. He's really strong. He really does spends a lot of time on his body, making sure that he's in a place to sustain the punishment over the course of a season. But I think if you're on the Bills side, you see a game like this from James Cook, and you're like, all right, I'm ready to hand the keys over to a second-round draft pick who has – he just has another gear, it seems, and he has a really fluid style to his running. And Josh Allen mentioned it specifically after the game that the thing, which, by the way, I guess, like, I, I saw this clip during the during the game that uh, from this week's Allen on uh, Kyle Brandt podcast. He was asked about uh, James Cook, who, of course, they call him Jimbo. Jimbo Cook in the room. Uh, that's kind of their, their nickname for him. But when he does something good, Josh Allen says they call him Himbo. That's Get a it? great nickname. Oh yeah, That's a, that is a great. He's nickname. him. He's him. Yeah. Uh, no. Yes, he he looked like him today for sure for a big stretch of the game. The thing with Cook though that I think you know separates him is that he hits the hole. He seems so determined, and he, he sees a hole, he finds it, and he hits it, which is a little bit different from the way that Singletary runs the ball. And I'm not necessarily saying one is better than the other, but they've all, almost like become this really really great combination and i almost feel like we've seen this springboarded from the moment they traded zach moss and it's more about removing moss from the equation than it was like maybe adding in Hines and what that potentially can do this this duo has really taken off since that time yeah you mentioned it it feels like james cook uh knows where the lane is supposed to be and he hits it and he goes and if he gets through that first line he could be off to the races uh he had some big runs today Whereas Singletary has a little bit more patience. He has great vision. He can make you miss up front. Uh, he doesn't have the extra gear. He had a few long runs today that I thought, you know, had that been like a James Cook getting past that first line of defense, could have gone the distance. But he's still so good in terms of that vision, the uh, the yardage he picks up, the way that he is being able to kind of gain those extra yards after first contact. It's a great one-two punch. And I know, you know, and I know today it was James Cook and Devin Singletary. Quick shout out, though, to Naheem Hines. He had a huge third down reception where he used a spin move to move the chains uh, at a crucial point in this game where things were still pretty close. So it was not anywhere near the same level of play that we got out of Singletary and Cook today, if you're a Bills fan. But Hines did make a huge play when his number was called. I love that you're bringing that up because I thought that play in in particular was a really important one. It's one of those ones where if you're talking about the DVOA metric, right well, uh, from football outsiders when they basically take all the plays and they, they they have an equation that balances each one against like you know down and distance and game situation right a nine yard run on a third and eight is about as highly ranked a play as you can have you know based on their metrics and that's a huge play in that in the game not so much so that Josh Allen wasn't even asked about it after the game and he made sure to mention that specifically about keeping that drive going on a third down that's really important uh, and, and it seems like they've really hit their stride in this one-two punch with Cook and Singletary and then you have Hines in this kind of quasi McKenzie role 
but like in the running backs room, while Monkezzi's been able to kind of stay with his uh, role in the receivers room. Um, one thing I was a little bit surprised about, we saw Cole Beasley early in this one, and then he kind of disappeared. I, I thought we'd see him a little bit more in this game. It just didn't really materialize. Yeah, and I, I don't know if it was just the game plan, the fact that they were running it well, and maybe you wanted to get someone else out there for the additional blocking. Uh, you're right. He made one catch in the, in the game, then he was kind of just not out there anymore. Uh, very cold game. Maybe, you know, maybe the weather played a factor. Maybe he just, uh, they're, they're saving the most important reps for later in the season for the playoffs, and they're just trying to ease him back in still. But I'm with you on that. I thought you were going to see him a little bit more today. Um, Let's get to the defensive side of the ball really quick. With You mentioned a couple of the, you know, big time plays in this game. And, you know, I thought, I think we could start in a bunch of different places, but I want to bring up Dane Jackson to start yeah. with. I mean, this is a guy that's been, you know, heavily criticized over the last like month or so. And I think if you, if you've had a bone to pick with him as a, as a coverage corner, I think there's been times, you know, where you've been perfectly, um, you know, uh, it's, it's okay to, to criticize it. It's the, it hasn't been great at, you know, all times. And I think Dane would be the first one to kind of own that and talk about the fact that, it hasn't been great every single time. But what we saw in the game today when he forced that turnover, and I tweeted it out and a couple of people like responded about like questions about the coverage, that to me is like it's the reason they have so much faith in him in like making those fundamentally sound plays, especially in the tackling game. For a team that's like been criticized for all of these missed tackles, especially in the run game all season, it's a reason why I think they'll continue to keep Dane Jackson out there and the fact that they could trust him to – make tackles, not miss them, and then occasionally get a helmet or shoulder pad on a ball and pop it out. Uh, and I think it was was a Tim Settle that came flying over and, and recovered it. Yeah, it was great team defense. Dane Jackson, you know, kudos to him getting the helmet on the ball, jarring it loose. Tim Settle just being in the right place, kind of flying in, diving on that ball, making sure that uh, the Bills recovered that turnover. So, yeah, Dane Jackson d deserves some praise. Listen, there, there are certain guys that, get bashed more than others on both sides of the ball for this team. And Jackson obviously has been a punching bag for his coverage. There's been a lot of fans wanting to see Kyrie Elam get more reps, which that part's understandable. He's your first round pick. Uh, Xavier Rhodes, they want to see out there more. But Jackson has earned the trust of this coaching staff. Uh, they like something about his game, even if the fans might bash it. But he made a big play today when it was needed. Uh, Alex Barber asked about Jackson on that first touchdown. And I think it probably was some level of his responsibility on that play. And I, I didn't see a replay that showed him on the entire route. And I don't know if he was playing off and was going to a, a spot in the zone. There was just a miscommunication. Uh, it's hard to say, but it was his man when they lined up. So I, I, I'd imagine that he was, uh, you know, partly responsible for that. And he looked like a little frustrated when he was trying to run back over to, and, and obviously he was wide open. The, the Bears receiver, I think it was Pettis. Um, got a super chat here, 1999 from D Nice. What's up, D Nice over on YouTube? Three time AFC champs, AFC East champs. It definitely feels good and should be celebrated. Enjoy a couple beers on me, boys, and I'll continue to listen to the great content. Keep up the great work. Let's go, Bills. And I just want to shout out to Syracuse.com that we're not going to be buying beers with this 1999, but I will. <laughs> I will tip back a cold one in your honor, D-Nice. Thank you very much, right. my friend. Yes, thank you so much for the super chat. 
Uh, easy to keep those cold right now. Just go outside, put them in the snow for a few minutes, and you'll be good to go. So thank you, D-Nice, for the super chat. Uh, the, the other person that was absolutely, well, I shouldn't say the other person, the person that I want to transition to here that I thought was absolutely dominant in this game. And it is actually a perfect transition point because he's going to be my value toolsy player of the game right now. If you head over to value home centers, uh.com, you could check out their weekly ad. It goes up every single week and it, uh, a new one is going to come out any minute probably sometime tomorrow or Monday, they're going to have deals on grills, tools, drills, batteries, you know, you name it. Uh, the, the weekly ad uh, gets get you all covered. And they're probably going to have some new deals coming uh, after the holidays, which are always awesome. My tools, he played the game, Ryan, goes to Ed Oliver, who was yeah. an absolute menace in this game. He had one sack. He had uh, one quarterback hit, two tackles for a loss, and two pass defense uh, as he was rushing um, Justin Fields in this game. And, you know, first of all, Ed Oliver loves playing on holidays. He did it on Thanksgiving. Yeah. He does it now on Christmas Eve. Um, he was just a really difficult assignment for a really beat up interior Bears offensive line. And I think these are the kinds of performances, if he could stay healthy, he was dealing with that pectoral injury all week. It didn't seem like it impacted him too much, as opposed to Jordan Phillips, who did look like he was kind of really struggling to get through this one. You know, that that shoulder injury seems to be lingering. D-Nice, we hooked you up with the AFC East. Don't worry about it, buddy. We appreciate the extra $199. Uh, you're out of your mind. You didn't have to drop that on us. Uh, <laughs> yeah, sure. Um, but, yeah, Ed Oliver was just uh, a man among boys in this game, and uh, I think this is what you're going to need moving forward. We're going to have to see that spike in the arc of Ed Oliver now with Von Miller out. I thought that he, he caused chaos. He caused pressure. It's going to be tougher next week against the Bengals who have a lot more answers on the interior of their offensive line. Yeah, absolutely. But listen, Ed Oliver, I mean, he started early. The first fourth down play of the game, he bats down a Justin Fields uh, throw to, to force a turnover on downs. He made stops for, for losses. He was in the face of Justin Fields. He was all over the field today. So, Matt, that was a great choice. Uh, Oliver was dominant. I thought that, like I said, the D-line as a whole, you can go down the list and just about every single one of them uh, ended up with a tackle for loss or, or some big play in this game. Uh, even a shout-out to the former Syracuse alum that was elevated for this game. Yes, King uh, John Kingsley Jonathan did have one offsides penalty, but he had a tackle for loss in this game. Mm -hmm. Everyone stepped up. Uh, but for me, for my value toolsy player of the game i'm going to the other side of the ball i'm having co-winners devin singletary and james cook 205 total yards two touchdowns on the ground uh just a dominant performance a one-two punch on a day where josh allen was not his sharpest uh the the bills backs kind of took over the show and said hey don't worry we've got you with threats to our nation waiting around every corner adaptability is more important than ever when conditions change without notice Quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown, and through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Yeah, I, I think Kingsley Jonathan is uh, somebody fun to mention. Obviously, we cover... Uh, the, the team for the Syracuse post standard. And he came in today. I think you put it out 
uh, when the Bills elevated him off of the practice squad a couple days ago, you, you said revenge game, right? Because he actually played for the Chicago Bears for a few games earlier this season after the Bills you know, couldn't find a spot for him out of the preseason. They cut him. Uh, he was claimed off of waivers by the Chicago Bears. He ended up playing um, in three games. I think he it was played five, actually. five games, excuse me, five games. And he put together almost, let me see what the number is, 35 snaps in, in five games. So nothing crazy. But I actually saw people when I was tweeting about him during the game from the Chicago market talking about, you know, former bear. Why did they let him go? And, you know, he's probably going to get, you know, land back on the practice squad and be available to be plucked because of the the numbers and, you know, when Boogie Basham gets healthy. But that's kind of a nice thing to have in your back pocket, a, a rookie UDFA that probably built a lot of confidence in this game with the way that he was able to play against a former team. Yeah, and I thought he he flashed at times this summer for the Bills at training camp in the preseason. And obviously the, the Bears thought so as well because after final cuts, uh, like you mentioned, the Bears claimed him off waivers. I think he was there through about week 10. I, I want to say he was like going around, around November. Uh, and the Bills quickly brought him back to the practice squad. So there are some absolute traits there in terms of him turning into a solid NFL rotational piece maybe at defensive end. Uh, whether that will end up being with Buffalo long-term, we'll see, because like you said, they already uh, have a, a pretty deep one through four, one through five when they're all healthy. Shaq Lawson's having a great year, just throwing that name out there as well. thought he had another really strong game, but shout-out Kingsley Jonathan. I, I thought that for his first game with the Bills, he he played a pretty good game. Um, I want to go next to the Ken Dorsey conversation that I think – you know, it's just been bubbling for weeks, and and it's it's amazing because there's something we were going to do a show yesterday. Obviously, with the storm coming in, we had to kind of push some things around, push some things back. We're going to bring you that um, that show that I promised you yesterday. We're going to push that into next week. We'll do it Monday or Tuesday. We'll see. We'll see what we got cooking uh, once we get into Bengals week and prepare uh, the plan for that. Um, but it seems like you know Ken Dorsey. You know, there's been a lot of you know. Um, lack of enthusiasm out of, you know, around his game plans, around his, you know, the way that he's calling plays at times. And, you know, I thought, you know, there were a couple things in the, that I really liked. I mean, I think if you're going to criticize him, not maybe going a little bit more run heavy early is a fair one, uh, especially in this game. Josh Allen talking about Josh Allen talking about the elements and not wanting to put the ball in harm's way a little bit, maybe leaning on the running game earlier helped set its own. But I thought with the way that the things were going bad in the mid midway part of that game in those three drives to come out in the second half, get things back on track. I think there was a lot of things to like about what Ken Dorsey did in the second half today. Yeah, first half, I had some issues with some of the play calling and I had one fan say, you know, they were averaging eight yards per play. What's the knock? And again, it's not leaning enough on the run game. Uh, there were times they tried to get to the pass game going and then they were penalized for a holding call. And when those flags come in and they back you up, it's a lot harder to move the chains to uh, be successful on those drives. So a little bit there, but in the second half, he came out, the bills came out, uh, played a pretty good brand of football in those first few drives, hit a little bit of a lull with, with the turnover, uh, but late in the game too, they, they were moving the ball well. So always some ups and downs with any game, with any coordinator, but overall I thought it was a more positive than negative game for Ken Dorsey when all was said and done. I think there's also an element that, and this is just me kind of guessing, this isn't something that anybody said or I've been told, but it's just 
there's so many moving parts to the switch from last year's version of the offense to this year's, you know, you have Ken Dorsey who is in a completely different role now, right? Like before he was like in the fire with Allen. And so, and, and, and that was in year three. So Josh Allen and, 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 and Dorsey had developed a chemistry to where I'm sure Ken knew, and I think he's kind of said this without saying it, Ken knew what Josh was going through on the field and on the sideline probably better than Dable did, right? Well, this is year one for Brady and Allen. And I haven't heard Brady's name mentioned a whole lot. And I don't know how much, you know, developing that relationship and getting the information from the field up to the box for Dorsey, maybe there's a delay in that. Maybe there's, you know, that's something, a part of this, they're still developing. There's so many different moving parts. And then you add into the mix that this is Dorsey's first time doing it. Um, I'd also be interested to, to understand how much, you know, what Mike Shula's role in all of this, mm. how much impact he has on days in the lead up. I've always thought that was a little funny because not in a bad way, just interesting. You know, Ken Dorsey was the quarterback's coach in Carolina when Mike Shula was the offensive coordinator. And we've seen it so many times, like where guys have gotten, uh, you know, leadership roles and, and, and brought, brought in former coaches that maybe they worked for that were, that are now serving as advisors. How does that dynamic work? It's, it's super interesting to me. That's kind of like a little side point, but I think overall with the way that the ball was moving today, it was, this was always kind of like a subpar defense that I think that you could take a little bit more chances in the way that you're calling the game and you don't have to panic if things aren't going well at any certain time. I think that's a little caveat in this game that I know that no bills player or coach would ever admit uh, being that all teams are respected and all that fun stuff. But this was a game where, you know, even if, if things weren't working in the run game and they, and they were working as soon as they went to it, you can wait a little bit longer in this game because I don't think you're as worried about what's going to happen on their side of the ball. And that's definitely fair. And, and again, you can't blame Ken Dorsey for the holding penalties or uh, an eligible man downfield or anything where you get backed up. Then he has to switch what uh, what he probably wanted to do on that drive. He can't control Gabe Davis uh, fumbling a ball. He can't control throws the ends. And where I thought if Gabe Davis would have shown like a little bit of fight for the ball, they would have thrown a pass interference flag there. It was actually a pretty headsy uh, play by Josh Allen to throw in the end zone. He saw the defender had his back turned, and it, but Gabe Davis just didn't really fight for it. So little things like that. There is mistakes by the players on the field, and Dorsey can't make all the plays. He's just playing, uh, calling the plays. So. Uh, again, some things he'd like to have back, yes, but that's every week for every offensive coordinator, every defensive coordinator, every head coach in this league on a weekly basis. And I think there's also something to take out of this game. Like if there was a frustration on any level, like early the you know the the Bears' offense, you probably wanted the Bills to shut them down a little bit more early. But I will say, you know, 120 yards in the first half for the bears 80 in the second half. I mean, that really is what happened. I mean, the bills defense absolutely adjusted to what they were doing. Khalil Herbert. I know he was just coming back off the injury. David Montgomery were largely ineffective in this game outside of a, a couple early runs from Montgomery. The offense for the bears was, it, it wasn't even really involved in this game at any point outside of that first drive. So I think defensively, this was a statement game for the bills because this is a bears team last week that played the Philadelphia Eagles super yeah. tough. I mean, that, that game came down to the wire. I think the final score was 25 to 20. Obviously, Jalen Hurts got injured in that game. But this ends up being a three-score victory for the Bills on the road in you know uh, conditions that just weren't conducive to their, to their passing game. 
And I think that now as you, you flip the, you know, uh, the binoculars forward here at next week, nine days, Monday night football, Bills versus Bengals, you know, the season and the, in a lot of ways, the regular season, the AFC likely comes down to this because if the Bengals win and, uh, there'll be a game back of the Chiefs still. So the Chiefs then could win out and I think capture the AFC if the Bengals win. If the Bills win this game, they'll basically set setting up a win for the number one seed against the Patriots, and, and they might need it. I mean, look at Mitch Morse right now. Look at uh, Boogie Basham, and I know that there's been frustrations with him as well. Jordan Phillips kind of nursing this this injury. Trey White wanting to get him back to you know, close to 100% as, as he can. I thought he made a couple nice plays today. I thought he made a couple plays where, you know, maybe the 2020 version of Trey White makes that play uh, and, and covers enough ground to maybe break up a pass there. But there's a lot of things that go into this last stretch. And I think uh, our producer, AJ, uh, in the comments section, I, actually, why not? I'll bring him in. I'll let him drop his take. <laughs> why not? It's Christmas Eve. It's Christmas Eve. I'm in the I'm in the giving mood. I'm about to go wrap all my kids, or no, my wife already wrapped all my kids' presents. We're gonna about to go out, bring them in from the the cold garage. I better not say that too loud. Hopefully they're sleeping. What's up, AJ? How you doing? Yeah, um, you know, I just put in the chat when you guys were talking about it. I think this offense this season has really showed how it can win in multiple ways. You look at you know today they ran the ball really well. And then when they ha- when they've had to throw, you know, look at Kansas City. Allen played really well. You look at against Miami when Allen, you know, had to throw the ball. They threw it really well. And you know, the last six weeks they haven't played in the best conditions. I know they moved to the dome, but being playing at home in Buffalo as an offense, you really have to, you know, manipulate and change the game plan because of the weather and all the all the stuff that is going on on the outside that they can't prevent. So as a team, <clears throat> this offense has looked really well. Despite, I think, you know, the turnovers are a little concerning. But besides that, um, you know, they showed today that they can still win uh, games by 22 points, turning the ball over, you know, a few times. The defense, again, looked really well. And, you know, Dorsey, you know, in his, in how I evaluate, evaluate him so far, I think he's just shown that last year compared to this year, they can win games in, um, you know, other ways instead of just, you know, throwing the ball 50, 40 times and they can run the ball, you know, get it moving and. That, that, that's how they've done it this year. Yeah, they're finding ways to win without key players. They're finding ways to win in new ways today. They leaned on the run game. Uh, the defense really shut down Justin Fields and company after those first few drives. So that's the mark of a good team. And, you know, I, I see it on Twitter and Facebook after all these games. We're sitting here, the Bills are 12 and 3, and there are fans can, acting like it, they're 3 and 12. And, uh, it's just unbelievable because they are. They're in the number one seed right now in the AFC. It, it's easy to nitpick these little things that you'd like to see them do, but no team's perfect. Every team has their flaws going into the playoffs in the AFC. There is no team that I can sit here and say is going to absolutely be able to beat Buffalo. The, I can't absolutely say the Bills will be able to beat the Chiefs or uh, the Bengals in the playoffs. I know they beat the Chiefs in the regular season. That's the beauty of the playoffs. That's the beauty of the AFC this year. Uh, all of these teams that are at the top, I think, have a legitimate shot of representing the conference in the Super Bowl. Um, yeah, uh, Mario, great point. If you're watching on YouTube, smash that like button. Subscribe to the channel if this is your first time here. This is the Shout Buffalo Football Podcast. And, Ryan, you're, you're, you're giving a great preview to our Monday show because that's what we're going to be talking about. Um, yeah. Just the fan bases, like, 
reaction slash existence in a dominant Buffalo Bills in the NFL world. And uh, I don't want to talk too much about it because we're going to have a little mini pod on that next week. Um, but another thing I wanted to talk about real quick, I had it up here. What did I do with it? Oh, so Josh Allen today after the game um, was asked about Stefan Diggs multiple times. We talked about that in detail earlier in the week. Um, and he said, because it was just two targets and two catches for Diggs in this game. And he said, this is everything that he said. I want to get 14 more involved, and that's something i got to continue to do. I'm just trying to make the smart play and throw it to the open guy, but it's not too many times that he's not open. So, again, just find ways to get him the ball and get him more involved in our offense. He's the best receiver in the game. Um, he went on to say, uh, we want the ball in his hands. It's no secret, you know, the type of player and person that he is. Whether it's moving him around, the last thing I want to do is force feed someone when it's not there, but be more detailed, scheming him up, whether it's at the one, the two, or the three, motioning him, getting him in off coverage. There are so many different ways that you can do that, and obviously I'll talk to Doris and figure out how we can best do that moving forward. And I, I think that's still a piece of this. There's still, even though we're sitting here in week 16 of the season, there's still things that they're kind of throwing out there in games and trying to figure out what works the best so that they can deploy them the right ways when the games matter the most. Yeah, if it's if it comes playoff time and that's when they finally break him out and, and find ways to get him 10, 12 targets a game, I don't think the Bills and their fans will be complaining. You know, th- there were a few plays in this game. There's a third down play where uh, Diggs had one-on-one coverage. He ended up getting a step on the Bears cornerback, but there was a lot of pressure in Allen's face right out of the gate. So it probably broke up any chance of that happening. Little things, one thing going wrong in a play can uh, derail Josh Allen from throwing it Diggs' way and. Maybe that ended up costing him three, four different targets that could have gone his way in this game because early on the Bears did get some good pressure. But obviously it is something that Allen and Dorsey have to go back to the drawing board and figure out a way to make sure their number one wide receiver gets the ball more. Kathy, I'll say, Jay. Yeah, I'll, I'll add a little bit to it. Yeah, and I just think, you know, going back to Minnesota, um, Diggs is, you know, a guy that wants the ball. And he really, you know – Winning matters the most to him, and, you know, he's, he's a guy that wants the ball. There's going to be times where the game plan, especially the last few weeks, the weather has been, you know, it's, it's been hard to throw the ball. So he'll, he'll, he'll get his fair share of targets. Everything will be okay. He's a, he's a top, you know, five receiver in this game, and he's, he's had a good career, great relationship with the quarterback. They'll, they'll figure it out and come playoff time when it matters most. Don't be surprised when Diggs is doing, you know, Diggs things. So I want to I want to end this. Uh, we'll go around the horn real quick and give one final thought on this game moving forward. It could be about anything upcoming. You take the time. You think about it. I'll start it off. I think this week in the meeting rooms, Tredavious White is going to sit down to Mar Hamlin and tell him, "Listen, man, <laughs> if I jump, all right, and the ball is in the vicinity, you let the cornerback go up and pick this ball off." That's been kind of like a repeated kind of theme for this Bill secondary. I feel like a, a lot of times, I don't know if it's always been Hamlin. And I don't want to bang on him too much, but I feel like there's been a bunch of, you know, collisions at the ball. I think Dane Jackson's been involved in a couple. And we're talking about maybe over the course of the season, five to seven interceptions. And maybe I'm, that's a little high. Maybe it's more three to five. But there's been interceptions that have been taken away because guys are colliding in midair and guys are other guys are coming at the last second, taking balls away. Tredavious white could have had his first one of the season today. And I know when that finally happens, it's going to be an explosive, explosive reaction. I saw the picture in the post game, uh, 
post that the Bills social media team did. There was a picture of Tredavious White and Chonk Dermott in their like AFC East champion shirts. And you could just see it. Just a picture speaks a thousand words, right? You could see how much it meant to him, how much he's been working to get back. It hasn't all been perfect, but I think each game, Tredavious White getting put in more situations, confidence gaining in that leg, that that pick is coming, and maybe they'll save it to the playoffs. We'll see. Ryan? Yeah. Yeah, I think it was uh, absolutely fitting that Nathan Peterman ended the game with an interception against the Bills. But no, uh, for Bills' perspective, I think it was that I think we're finally starting to see Dawson Knox get unlocked in this offense. Another touchdown in this game. While it was not a high flying passing attack for Buffalo today, he had a 24 yard catch early in the game. He ended the game with a touchdown reception. The Bills are finally starting to utilize their number one tight end, and that's what you want to see here with two weeks left in the regular season and some meaningful football to be played after that. Yeah, my final thought is just I think the offensive line showed a lot today. They did a pretty good job of protecting Josh Allen with Bates going down. And, you know, Van – what's his – what's Van – what's the – Van Roten. Van Roten. Yeah, Van Roten. fell that, in. Uh, that Bill's PR uh, pronunciation sheet. I do. Um, yeah, Van Roten stepping in really well. In the, I think the O-line played a really good game. Obviously, Singletary, like you said earlier, when Moss left, I think they're able to use Singletary and Moss more exclusively. And Naeem Hines made a very good play on a third down, um, also contributing spin move, got the first down to set up first and goal. So all three backs contributed, and you know that, that's the final thought for me. All right, Bills 35, Bears 13. We'll be back with you guys all next week. Uh, tons of content as we look ahead to – I mean, I tuned it out after the game. I mean, I think this is maybe the biggest game of the NFL season, partly because of when it's coming, the implications that it holds. Um, I think the, the game being played right now, and it looks like an instant classic between the, the Cowboys and the, the Eagles might have you know, a claim to, to that title as well. Uh, but this Bengals-Bills game, and the intrigue of the fact that this is really the first time in their current iteration these two teams are playing each other, Burrow versus Allen. Like, this is something – I think that they play a couple years ago, but it was, like, at the beginning. I can't remember now. Maybe they played the Bengals before Burrow. I can't remember. Yeah. Is it in 19? I don't know. I think that this might be their first matchup from what I remember. I'm not I sure. i got to look this up now. I'm not going to let – I'm not going to leave everybody hanging. Somebody's going to say it in the chat, or I'm going to figure it out. We'll, we'll do a race. We'll do a race. I got. Let's see how fast my uh, my research my research skills uh, are here. What do you guys think? You think this is the first time? I think it's the first time. Both of them. I feel like it is. Unless it was the, the year that he tore his eight. Okay. No, it's the first time the Bills and uh, play Joe Burrow. So the first time Joe Burrow versus Josh Allen. Obviously, both guys familiar with each other from their time uh, training with Jordan Palmer. Uh, Burrow did that one year uh, when he was coming out. And so, yeah, it's, it's a fun matchup. It's two of the best quarterbacks in the league, two of the MVP candidates. I think Allen probably, you know, fell back uh, this week with the picks. Uh, but again, two, three more touchdowns. I mean, I guess it just depends on what flavor you like. Uh, and speaking of flavors, uh, there's a different flavor for absolutely everybody at the Topps Carryout Cafe. And I know Topps is closed until Monday. But um, absence makes the, the heart grow fonder. And I know I'll be at the front door at Tops when they open on Monday to hit the carryout cafe. Get stocked up for your game day, tailgating spreads, whatever you need. Hot to go, fresh, large cheese and pepperoni pizza, $14. Jumbo chicken wings, 10 count, $14. After this blizzard, we're all going to need to have ourselves a Tops legendary breakfast pizza, a large for 20 bucks. Pizza or taco log, six count, $7.69. Baby back rib sections, 
$5.99 a pound, sub sandwiches, wraps, app sides, and so much more. Visit topsmarkets.com slash redzone for the complete menu of ready-to-enjoy fan favorites. Smash that like button before you go. Hit that subscribe as well. We'll see you guys all next week. Take care, everybody.